Let's see. We're going to get the call here. We're getting the right call. That's all that matters. After review, good goal. Good goal. After reviewing the play, the call on the ice stands. We got a goal. All right, guys, here we are again for another episode of Rangers Review. By far the most heated this is ever going to be with all the things that we've talked about throughout this season. This Rangers Review just hits a little bit different today. As you guys know by now, that's why you probably clicked on this one. So we have a lot to unfold between myself and Statboy Steven, two diehard Rangers fans, as we're, we will be recapping the past week or so of games since we last recorded for the Rangers, how they have fared, some prospect updates as well. Also looking at the rookies currently in the lineup, the injuries, and everything that led into the Rangers' defeat against the Capitals last night or so at the time of recording this and everything in between. So before we get into anything further, Stephen, how are you today, my friend? I'm doing good. Um, as you know, quite busy, um, you know, in the middle of a move to another country during a pandemic. So that's always fun. Um, but, you know... Ranger games were interesting for different reasons. Not all good, but um, yeah, for the Ranger fans, it was an interesting week. Yeah, and I think that's putting it lightly just how interesting this week was. What a roller coaster, yeah. man. So let's and get it, right it into started, it, though. Yeah, it, it started off quite slow, you know, with a game against Buffalo, and then you get shot twice by the Islanders, and then the whole, the whole gong show yesterday. But uh, yeah, before we get into that, uh, some quick prospect updates. We didn't really get into this one last week. Um, Carl Henriksen uh, signed his entry-level contract. Yes. Kicks in this summer. Um, he's expected to stay in Sweden for one more year. Um, um, Laurie Payun-Yemi signed his entry-level contract, two-year contract uh, this past week. Also, he is actually coming over this summer. He's a little bit yeah. older. Of course, he's two years older than Henriksen. Um, and if you look at the Henriksen contract, it makes a lot of sense. And this is why I also think Adam Edstrom will be signed this summer. Because if you sign a player uh, at age 20, you have a little bit more leeway when it comes to arbitration uh, rights. Because if you sign them at age 20, then they have a three-year contract and they are four years away from arbitration eligibility. If you wait until the 21, they still get a three-year contract, but they're only three years away. So like Adam Fox, for instance, or Nils Lundqvist, when he signs, when they hit uh, restricted free agency after their entry-level contract, they will be arbitration eligible. And it's more about players being arbitration eligible that, that makes it difficult to negotiate than them being free agents. So I expect Adam Adstrom to sign his contract as well this summer. And... Um, also stay another year in Sweden. But good news, uh, Lari Pajuniemi qualified for the final in Liga in the playoffs uh, yesterday. Uh, Adam Edstrom is currently in the playoffs of the SHL in Sweden. Yes, he is. Um, so some, some good, you know, so some good high-quality hockey, some important games. When the lights shine brightest, that's when you want your players, your young players to, to shine. And uh, Payu, Niemi, and Edstrom have had a good good postseason for their teams. Uh, Nils Lundqvist playing with the national team. I had a goal today, I think, and a goal and an assist yesterday. Uh, so he's putting up putting up some good points in the Euro Hockey Challenge against Denmark and Norway. Um, so yeah, it's 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 the season's slowly winding down prospect prospect wise here in Europe, but uh, there's still some interesting games to follow. 
Yeah, I'm most satisfied out of all of them with uh, Laurie um, Ponyunemi. Um, he's a guy that hasn't has kind of went under the radar a little bit because of his injuries that he sustained last year. Mm-hmm. You know, before that point, I think he was arguably a top ten prospect. We're on the cusp of being one because he was scoring multiple uh, twenty goals a season, and he had another very strong season now um, with I. Um, I'm pardon me. Is it with TPS Turku? Correct. TPS, yep. yeah. Yeah, he had another strong season, and he's a guy that, in my mind, has the potential to be a at least um, on the third line for the Rangers, possibly sooner rather than later. So I'm curious what yeah. he's going to bring to the table. Good shot, could see some time on the power play too. It's just kind of about rounding out his game, I think, and how much he would be able to adjust to the NHL level. Yeah, he's probably going to start in Hartford. He needs to work a little bit on his defense and his neutral zone play. But offensively, there's not much else he he, he has to learn. He has a an elite shot, um, and uh, some people have compared him to uh, to Victor Olofsson of the Buffalo Sabers. Um, but I, not necessarily stylistically, but in terms of impact, I think what Rangers can expect in the, a year from now is the kind of impact that Benoit Puglia brought to the Rangers. That one year he was in New York, uh, you know, mostly of offense on the third line. Um, don't expect any Kako-like two-way play that we see from uh, from that kid, but um, a solid bottom six winger. Um, because you need to you need to develop those yourselves. Ideally, you you don't go to free agency for fourth line players or third line players. Um, so yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, but exciting, he leads all players in goals over the last two seasons, despite missing twenty games. Very so impressive. Pretty impressive for a 21-year-old. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I'm excited to see him, and I'm excited just for the youngsters. And I, that's been quite the trend as we've seen over the past week of games for the Rangers once again. And now getting into kind of our, I would say, getting into our recap on the past couple of games for the Rangers this week. Man, oh man, was it something. So going into this week, I believe we both had the prediction that the Rangers would be going 2-1 uh, and one on the week. Uh, I, was it two one or one and two? It was something along those lines. And either way, we both, we both failed because one, they played, I think, a game more than what we initially expected given our recording time. So they went one and three on the week. A tough one. And uh, playoff hopes are officially dead. If you guys did not get the picture by now, Rangers are officially eliminated. And, you know, they gave a good fight. And this was something that was an unbelievably strong uphill battle that they would have had to do really immaculate work to try to get ahead and somehow sneak in the playoffs. They didn't, but a lot of factors went into that, including some key injuries too, that did not help the Rangers chances, but either way here on out for the last week or so games that they'll be having is just focusing on player development. But I really just wanted us guys. It won't be as um, the same as previous Rangers reviews for the most part, where we really kind of get a little bit deeper in each game. We're going to, pretty much just briefly go through uh games 50 to 52 because then game 53 the first game of the two games we're going to be seeing against capitals we really want to highlight for obvious reasons so just to summarize the rangers won against buffalo over the past week three to one lafreniere had another goal a beautiful goal and ryan strom had to assist for some of the notable players of course um zach jones has continued to thrive gain um some more ice time with the rangers too which is nice and then when you get on to the next Three games, that's where things definitely are more of a tough pill to swallow. The Rangers try to keep playoff hopes alive, and the Islanders just say, no, it's not happening. We're a team that we're going all in. And I know, Stephen, you said plenty how between acquiring guys like Kyle Palmieri and same thing with Travis Ajak, they're trying to make those last-minute moves. They want to have a deep run. They are very determined because when you look at this Islanders team, 
You don't, they don't have a whole lot of flashiness. You have Matthew Barzell on the offensive front, but outside of that, there isn't too much there, especially with their captain still being out with injuries. So all those kind of things factor into a very gritty Islanders team that are not going to give up much of anything. And Semyon Varlamov has had the number on the Rangers, just like every other New York Islanders goaltender has had their numbers on the Rangers the past couple of years, it feels like. Between Yara Holak, Tomas Grice to an extent, now uh, Varlamov, it's no different. They shut out the Rangers in the first of two games against each other. 4 nothing, and then they went again 3 nothing. So uh, what is your quick stances on those games in particular and the lack of production from the Rangers' standpoint, along with the injuries, if you'd like to expand on them more, what we saw coming from those Islanders games? Yeah, those Islander games were a little disappointing. Not that I expected them to win, but you at least hope they score a couple of goals. Um, but getting shut out twice uh, stings a little bit. Um and then you have guys like Kreider and uh, and Lindgren who go out with injuries, and Truba was was out, and the the three tough guys that we have on the team were out for the game against Washington, which we'll get into in a few minutes. But you play twice against the Islanders, and you cannot score a single goal. That's that's going to sting for a lot of Ranger fans because they have family or friends who live on Long Island who are Islander fans, so. You know, the next morning you go to work and half your colleagues are Islander fans. It, it can be tough. Um, but I think this is the perfect example of the Rangers not being there yet, which is fine. It's still it's only year two of the rebuild, in my opinion. Um, for me, the rebuild started with the Kako pick. Um, but it's, it's year two. Um, the Rangers were in the playoff hunt until the, the last two weeks of the season in in what pretty much everyone agrees on is the toughest division in the league. So there's, there's not much to be upset about this season. Yeah, there are some minor gripes that I have with how certain players have been used or not used. But overall, this season has been a success. We've seen some great games where we scored eight or nine goals. Um we, we've seen players like Panarin and Zibanejad and Kreider putting up great displays, you know, amazing pr production. Uh, the young guys are, are now finally clicking a little bit. Um, and, yeah, you're going to lose some games to the better teams in your division. It is what it is. And the Islanders, unfortunately, for Ranger fans, are one of the better teams in the league. They made it to the conference final last season. So the quality is there. The talent is there. Um, and they are dealing with some injuries. Like you said, uh, Anders Lee, their captain, um, but they added some, some, some great assets at the deadline. I think the Islanders can, can go maybe all the way to the conference final again or maybe even more. So I'm not too upset by the Rangers losing to them. What, what annoys me, like I said earlier, is getting shut out twice because now the Rangers have been shut out four times this season by the Islanders. And I, I looked it up. The last time the Rangers were shut out by one team four times was 1955 by the Toronto Maple Leafs. That, uh, that, no comment. That's, <laughs> that's how far back you have to go to find a team that shut out the Rangers four times in a regular season, in one season. So it's it's pretty unique what we saw happen this season. Um, but this is what they had, what they need to learn from. Uh, you know, take it as a lesson learn from it, try to be better next season. And the Rangers this season are a more robust team than they were last season. Last season, they were just flying high. You know, they were 
they were all the lucky bounces went our way, especially in the end, near the end of the season. This season, in the strongest division in the league, they seem they seem to hold their own. They are significantly better than than the Flyers, Devils, and, and Sabers, and they are only a little bit worse than the four teams ahead of them. That's good. That's progress. That's that's what you need. And um, yeah, yeah, it sucks, but you, know, you get to the to the fourth game. You know, uh, the one last night. Um, it started off great for the Rangers. You know, Zabanejad scores twice. Capo uh, Kako scores what for me is the goal of the season. Beautiful. Um, beautiful. Look, everyone knows I like Kako, but I'm pretty sure a lot of fans will agree with me. This was the goal of the season. A two-on-one breakaway by our number two and number one player. And the pass by Lafreniere was perfect. You know, he was so patient. And a two-on-one breakaway against Zdeno Chara, who played in the league before these two kids were even born. Let that sink in for a second. And then and then Kako gets the puck back from Lafreniere, and he doesn't shoot. No, he has the awareness and the patience and and the the balls of steel, the icy veins to just to just stick handle the puck backwards around Vanacek and then hit it into the open net. It was a beautiful goal and for me, that was the highlight of the week, that goal. Um, I agree. And and this is what the Rangers need. This is what you need from the range, uh, from your from your young kids. There was a, 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 a sequence a little bit earlier in in, uh, in the game, in the first period, where Kravtsov was on a forecheck. Uh, he wins he wins the puck battle. Kako gets it in the corner. He 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 dangles back and forth, keeps control of the puck. The puck ends up with Zach Jones, who then dangles around an opponent and shoots. That's that's the Rangers' future right there. In like a 20, 25 sec- second sequence, that's the Rangers' future. And now you have other players like Morgan Barron made his NHL debut. Yeah, in, in part because of injuries, because you know, Brett Howden is now – I forgot to mention Brett Howden with the injuries. Yes. Howden has the injury, Kreider has the injury, Trubel, Lindgren, and now yeah. we saw some more injuries, unfortunately, in this yeah. game. No, I guess I forgot about Howden's injury because to me he's not really a loss. But um, yeah, you didn't have to do Howden that dirty. Come on, no, but no, it, I, we finally got to see Julian Gauthier in the lineup again. And honestly, I, I'm a big Gauthier fan. You know that it's I will, refreshing I will take it. when you're used to Brett Howden in the lineup. It's it's not even that he makes a lot of mistakes because he's not the player. He's not the bad player he was a season ago. A season ago, he made mistakes and he cost us games. This season, he's just there. He's like he's so vanilla. He's if if you replace him with any other player, with a, any any random player from from a random team, I, I wouldn't notice the difference. Um, Phil DiGiuseppe is 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 similar. You know, you have to tell me that he's on the ice because I wouldn't notice. Um, but yeah, Brett Howden out with injury, Gauthier back in the lineup, Rayonen on defense with Truba out, and all of a sudden you have uh, you have you know all all these draft picks over the last five years that the Rangers have accumulated, plus uh, Adam Fox that they traded for, Ryan Lindgren they traded for, um, but you have all these players: Kako, Lafreniere, uh, uh, Kravtsov. Jones, Reunanen, Miller, they're all in the lineup. And oh, I want to add too how not just all of them. We have currently 
as of last night's game at the time recording this, eight rookies in the lineup. Like it's 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 awesome because it's not even like that. These are rookies where it's like you don't want them to play. They're just called in because it's the end of the season. You know, they're just gaining time like normal guys from years past from the Wolfpack. Just gain a couple games, get some experience. Like no, these are okay. all these are all players for the most part that I could see having either a decent to significant impact on the club. When you go down the list, obviously it's Lafreniere. Then you got Kravtsov, Jones, Baron, Tarmo, Miller, Goche, Igor. Like there are so many, and that that probably didn't even list them all right there and miller if i didn't say him already like there's just it's endless and i love that that's probably been the most entertaining to me this season um even though that these losses have sucked especially against uh the islanders those back-to-back shutouts don't get me wrong they really were tough to swallow but there's something about this season as i went on with my emotions initially being unbelievably high and then coming to the realization of you know, we really need to hone in on the fact that this is a rebuild year. Once again, um, as much as we want playoffs, let's not let our emotions get ahead of ourselves here. And to just watch these kids on a nightly basis is so much fun. I've been loving what I'm seeing from Zach Jones as of late. Mappy that Charmo's at least gained a couple minutes and they're given the injuries. I think Baron has looked solid thus far in his small stint. I think Kratsov is starting to thrive a little bit more with increased playing time. I like some of the lines that he's been on lately with other youngsters. So in a nutshell, I'm just I'm really satisfied with what I'm seeing now that we're gaining all these, these youngsters because the, these are all guys that will probably be with the Rangers in some shape or form for the foreseeable future easily. Yeah, there, there, there will be some players that, that will get traded before we hit the pinnacle of this rebuild. And, and, and if you look at the Chicago Blackhawks in 2008-2009, there are quite a few players on those teams that weren't there for their first cup in 2010. It happens. But the core is the core is here. Adam Fox will be here. Ryan Lindgren will be here. Um, uh, Panarin, Lafreniere, Carco, they're not getting rid of those guys, you know. Kraftsoff depends on the return. I, I don't think Kraftsoff is on the uh, on the um, untouchables list, as fans like to call it. Um, but they do need they they need to address something because. And now we get into the big subject of tonight. Um, what happened yesterday? In was it the third period or the second period? No, it was the second period. Yes. What happened yesterday in the second period uh, is absolutely disgusting. It has no place in hockey. And I am not the type of person that blames referees because I tend to see the human aspect of it. But yesterday, they messed up big time. And today, it was even worse. Um, Anyway, Wilson, uh, the Rangers are on the power play. Uh, Bojnevich is near the net, um, is down on the ice, and Wilson comes in with his full body weight and a stick on Bojnevich's neck, and then punches his neck. He literally cross-checked his neck. Yeah, yeah, he cross-checked his neck, and then he punches him in the side of the head while Bojnevich is on the ice, defenseless player. Strom tries to pull him away. Uh, A scrum ensues. Uh, Panarin gets involved. And, okay, so here's the thing. Yes, Tom Wilson can defend himself against Panarin. I have no problem with that. Panarin is like on his back and he's trying to pull him away. Fine. You want to fight back? That's fine. What I have a problem with is that he slew foots him, pulls him down by his hair, drives him headfirst into the ice. And then afterwards, when Panarin is down, again, defenseless player, 
he punched him in the head four times. This has nothing to do with toughness. This has nothing to do with grit. This is not. This has nothing to do with hockey. I don't care what anyone says. Don't come at me with these with these bullshit explanations like, oh, hockey used to be like this in the 80s. Bullshit. It doesn't hockey. matter. It doesn't matter how the game was. It matters what the game yeah. is now. There is no hockey. guy in the league that is like Tom Wilson right now. And he's just hockey, well, hockey the guys that he knows are defenseless. So hockey, wasn't like this. hockey wasn't like this in the 80s. It wasn't like this in the 90s. Yes, certain things happened. There's the Bertuzzi incident that everyone knows. Um, but if this happens in any other setting other than the NHL, if this happens in a Friday night beer league, they call the police. If this happens anywhere outside the NHL, the police is involved. I'm, I'm, I'm convinced the police is involved if this happens outside the NHL. It's ridiculous that Capitals fans are defending this shit. Peter Laviolette is defending this shit. I'm a big Laviolette fan, but him defending this this crap is, is, is unacceptable. It's the, Washington, the Washington Capitals Twitter account joking about it like during the game, ridiculous. And then they Wilson, deleted the tweet soon after. Probably lost the job. They deleted the tweet a couple of minutes later, yes. But still, damage was done. They send it out, whatever. He gets a 10-minute misconduct for the Panarin thing and two minor penalties for roughing. And he's back out in the third period. Meanwhile, Panarin's out of the game. And then it's today... Season two. It's official, according to David Quinn. Yes. And today, and this is going to be part two of my rant because I'm going to tear down everything. Today... News comes out that the Department of Player Safety, which should change its name because they don't give a fuck about player safety, give Tom Wilson a $5,000 fine. No suspension, nothing. But this is what happens when you put a guy like George Peros in charge of player safety. That's like having Joseph Stalin in charge of human rights violations. It's fucking bullshit. It's bullshit, and the NHL... Look, the NHL deserves to go bankrupt. I don't care. I don't care anymore. The NHL is a garbage organization that does not care about its players. They don't. You're 100% right. And let's backtrack a little bit here. So when I look at that Buchanovich hit, first of all, you know what that first reminded me of? Do you remember a couple of years ago when the Rangers were in Winnipeg and Justin Bufflin did the exact same thing to JT Miller? Yes. First thing that crossed my mind when I saw that. I was fuming. Then when you get out to the whole Panarin situation, when it was slowed down, as you guys have all seen by now through social media, whatever, as they slow that clip down, you clearly see him pull the hair. You know, it's one of those things where I get it. Fluke accidents happen in hockey all the time. There are mm. accidental things that happen, maybe even in a scrum. You know, there are even fighters out there that are so kind enough that even after they knock out a player, they still hold on to them to make mm. sure that their head doesn't drop on the ice. That's called sportsmanship. Yeah. Even if you are in a scuff, there was nothing here. This yeah. was nothing more than being a pure bully. And this is not just because of the fact that we're Rangers fans, okay? If we were any other team, you can see there's a universal agreement. The only people defending Tom Wilson right now, for the most part, again, I'm not going to quote every single person, is usually Capitals fans, as you kind of would. But it's it's not really not all no, not all of them. I agree, it's not all of them. Don't get me wrong. But I'm saying the only people that, for the most part, have the nerve to are people that are, of course, Capitals fans. And it's a joke. When you look at this from all angles, because Tom Wilson, it's not like this is his first go around. This ain't his first rodeo. He's been notorious for this stuff. He, he has had so many things coming ago. his way. What's that? He was suspended two months ago. 
I my point, he gets this shit all the time. And I get it that Tom Wilson is a guy that you quote unquote love to have on your team, but you hate to go up against him. To an extent, yeah. But if you're gonna continue this year after year, no, there reaches a point where I don't want you on my team because you're that much of a schmuck, and that's what he is. He would not even do this. And there was a great quote, and I this is according to Valley on um MSG post game show yesterday. Was it or um in between periods, whatever it was, was how he's quoting uh quoting Colton Orr, and he said how or was saying how if he was in the league right now, he would not be doing that whatsoever. And during his time when he was still in the league, Wilson wouldn't even bother. He only does it to defenseless players, just like a bully would. And it's inexcusable. He only gets a $5,000 fine on Bucinavich. We're still waiting word on the Panarin incident. He should be banned. And I know that that might be a stretch to some of you watching this, but it really should be given what he has done. He was this close to could have easily ruined Panarin's career. And it's not even an exaggeration if that went the wrong. Well, thank God that Panarin landed on his shoulder first, because if yep. he didn't, that was head first, and then continue slant. Like let's not let's not downplay this just because it's hockey and it's a quote unquote hockey play. Nothing about that was normal in the game of hockey. That was beyond words. And I yep. think we can all agree there. So now you have a five thousand dollar fine, which might yeah, back in twenty fourteen, Henrik Lundqvist got a five thousand dollar fine for squirting his damn water bottle in Sidney Crosby's face because that's the NHL for you. The hypocrisy is beyond words. We all know that the NHL is a terrible problem when it comes to actually caring about their players they don't you have players all the time that end up speaking out afterwards and i get it that there's a lot of contradictive things that go in that depending on who exactly speaking out who's this who's that but either way there is an ongoing problem and i'm i'm truly floored at what we witnessed yesterday and for that fucker to get the empty net too man it's just it it could not have been written any more textbook than tom wilson being typical tom wilson Look, the NHL is, I don't know, is it still the fourth best, the fourth most popular league in the U.S.? I don't, I don't have the numbers maybe, in front of me. To maybe, that let's, let's just say that it is. It's never going to get better than this for the NHL because the NHL's biggest, biggest enemy in promoting their product is the NHL itself. They, they couldn't sell a water bottle in the fucking Sahara. That's how bad their PR. That's how bad their PR is. And they it have. Really uh, they if you have a, to other big name sports, go go ahead. Yeah. They have a goon in charge of player safety. Fucking joke. It's it's ridiculous. And now, look, if if I was a Rangers coach, and and Tom Wilson is on the ice on Wednesday, I wouldn't even send my players out. I would send them home. And let NBC figure it out. You know, the game's on NBC. Let NBC figure it out. I don't care. Tom Wilson's out there. Don't go out on the ice. On the other hand, I guess the price is set. Until someone actually breaks his neck or dies on the ice, the NHL is not going to do anything. And Ranger fans are now asking for Mason Geertsen to come in, uh, you know, defenseman from uh, who plays in Hartford. He's, he's a fighter. So, look, I, I don't really care about Mason uh, Geertsen. If he wants to come in, if they, they want to put him in the game, fine by me. I mean, but I, yeah, I I don't think he's going to go after Wilson. He's probably going to go after someone like Kuznetsov or Oshie or Ovechkin. Like, you know, Wilson went after Panarin. But that's not what we should be doing. We shouldn't retaliate because the saying an eye, an eye for an eye and the whole world goes blind. That's what's happening here. We shouldn't retaliate. The NHL should step in. They won't because... They're awful. But the NHL should step in here. They gave Rafi Torres a 41-game suspension in 2015 Yep, for a dangerous hit, charging hit. 
I would argue that play by Rafi Torres was that in Havlat. Uh, I think it was on Hosa. Oh, and you, I think it was on Hosa too. Yeah, Here. yeah. That play by Rafi Torres. If you if you come at me and you say that's a hockey play, I can agree with you because it happened in open play. Yes, he was charging and he left the ice and it was a bad hit and he had a history. But what Wilson did last night had nothing to do with hockey. And then he gloats about it in the penalty box like 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 some halfwit. He's this this has no place in hockey. And Velikat said this yesterday, and you uh, touched on it a little bit. If hockey players are are in a fight, and Evander Kane had this with Matt Cook, Evander Kane and Matt Cook had a fight a few years ago, and Evander Kane knocked him out with one punch, but he held on to his jersey, so he didn't hit the ice head first. Last night, Tom Wilson couldn't give a fuck. Don't like the only reason Panarin didn't didn't leave the game with a concussion or worse is that his shoulder was the principal uh, point of impact with the ice. Exactly. That's the only reason. And then you have Capitals fans saying, "Oh, Panarin's okay. This shouldn't be a suspension." Bullshit. The outcome should never determine the punishment. Because by that logic. Uh, attempted murder should uh, someone accused uh, or of attempted murder should not go to prison because he didn't murder anyone. Exactly. Maybe, maybe that's he how ridiculous. He got close, but he didn't do it, so it's okay. That's how ridiculous these people sound. Oh, he's not injured, so it's not bad. Bullshit. But whatever. George Paros is in charge of player safety. The NHL is a fucking joke, and they deserve to go bankrupt. That is where our emotions currently stand, and rightfully so. I mean, it's one of those things where, look, I love the NHL. I love hockey, but you're right. You're, you're spot on the money with everything. And the upsetting part about all this is that you're right. Probably nothing is going to come out of this. I doubt it. Maybe. Maybe he'll get a slap on the wrist and get a couple games. Maybe he'll get suspended for the remainder of the season. Just maybe. Again, who knows by the time this, this comes out, it'll probably be out later this evening um, prior to the Caps and Rangers game. Um, we may find out answers by then after we record it. Again, we don't know right now. All I do know is that out of all players, it's funny too. It's the Rangers' top. It's literally one of the best players in all the NHL. You do this too. I'm, I'm, I'm awfully curious. I'm genuinely curious what the status would be if that was Sidney Crosby that was taken down. I really, I, I really am. I really am because – you know, uh, talk talk about the NHL further. They want to protect and gloat. They're you know really push and emphasize their top players in the league, like the McDavid's, like the Crosby's, etc. Panarin is right up there with them. He's a top five player in this game. Okay, and you're going to give probably slap on the wrist to Wilson. I hope I'm wrong, but I feel like I'm not. When if this was on Sidney Crosby, God forbid that player's career could be over. It that it, that is the more frustrating thing to me because you can just you know for it even happen. He got a, a seven-game suspension in March for a hit on Brandon Carlo, which was nowhere close as bad as what he did last night. It's ridiculous. Brandon Lemieux gets a two-game suspension for a blindside hit, which I agreed with. You know, it's a bad play. should be a suspension. But how is this not a suspension? I, I don't get it. Because in the span of 30 seconds – he did three things that you could suspend him for. It and that's wasn't all just took. That's all it took. He got the $5,000 uh, fine 
for what he did to Butchnevich. That's it. That's it. He didn't get anything for what he did to Panarin. Not yet. He got a 10-minute misconduct or during the game. He got a 10-minute misconduct during the game, which is also ridiculous. And this is where I'm going to rip into the referees a little bit. The referees are right fucking there. They're there right behind the net. They're looking at the play as it happens. And their takeaway is uh, four minutes for roughing and 10-minute misconduct. How? How is that what you come what you come away with? And, and it's hard to justify it too, because look, I get it. It's not like the refs are right there where they're watching in slow motion, seeing how Panarin got taken down, but they were right there. Literally right there. It's not look, even like that they were at the other end of the ice. Yeah. That wasn't the case here. Look, I don't know if they're allowed to use camera footage to determine this type of shit in game. If that's not if it's not allowed, they should change that rule right now. There's cameras everywhere. Well, I do know that they use the iPad. They always go to uh, you know they always go to Toronto for a review whether or not uh, a, a sliver of the skate was still touching the blue line or not. That they can do, but for some reason with this they cannot do it. If that's the case, then they need to change it. And the last thing I'll say about this. Um, the NHLPA needs to step in here. You have a players' association; they need to step in here. They need to talk. Go talk to the to the owners. Go talk to the NHL and say, "Listen, this crap needs to stop." Because it's not just Panarin. It was Brandon Carlo earlier, and the other victims because they're victims of Tom Wilson's criminal behavior. If this is done anywhere outside an NHL rink, the police is involved and he gets arrested for it. It's ridiculous. It's criminal behavior. It's violence. It has nothing to do with hockey. This was not a hockey play. This wasn't toughness. This wasn't grit. This was not trying to spark something for your teammates because you're down 3-2. This wasn't that. This was just ridiculous. It was, it was uncalled for. It has no place in hockey. And anyone who thinks this is part of hockey... They can fuck right off. I, I couldn't have said it better, Stephen. And before we wrap up the Wilson talk, because we could go up when I, as soon as it happened yesterday, I thought you right away. I'm like, like, we need to talk about this as soon as possible. And before we kind of wrap this up, though, is are there any other questions that you'd like to respond to that I know you did Twitter last minute? And again, guys, I apologize for all my um, YouTube viewers watching this. Uh, we did a last-minute type of thing on Twitter within an hour before recording this, just seeing if anyone had last-minute questions. So are there any that you'd like to further address here before we get off this topic? Yeah, there was one question which was interesting that uh, I want to – go into a little bit and it was someone who asked me what gaps the Rangers need to fill and of course after last night's game the, the consensus is that the Rangers need to add some some physicality to their lineup which you can make the case that that they need that on the team you can also make the case that missing Kreider and Truba and Lindgren hurt this team more than missing just one of the three or even two of the three those are your three most physical players and all three are out with injury. That doesn't help either, but the Rangers need to do something. And what I'm afraid of is that the Rangers will add something to the team 
that makes us a worse team on the ice. Oh, oh like, let me go down the list. Let me go. You want to start? You want to go, no, you no, wanna go down the list? T- Tanner Glass, well, Cody so, McLeod. Like, like we'll go all day with this. If that's what, yes. If we want an enforcer, Brendan, sure. Let's have a pile on there in the fourth line to handle Wolfman a handful of times a year. Brendan Lemieux, Daryl Poe, Chris Newbury, uh, Aaron Asham, uh, Donald Brescher, uh, Jody Shelley, Colton Orr. Those are guys that do not help you win games. Derek Bugard did not help you win again, win games. They probably help sell tickets because for some reason people still like fights, um, but they don't help you win games. What the Rangers need to do is they need to, I'm not saying to go after Wayne Simmons because you know he had, his best days are behind him. The Rangers need to go out there and find the next Wayne Simmons. Wayne Simmons in his prime is what the Rangers need right now. You need a guy that can stand up for your teammates, but also add something in the scoring department that also helps you win games. Someone like Matthew Kachuk, who might not be the most popular player in the league, but and he's probably also not available. That's the type of player you need. I don't want another Cody McLeod. I don't want another Brandon Machinter or I can I can name another twenty that that I've seen over the last twenty five years on the Rangers that have no place in the NHL at all. No, you need you need to find that balance, and that's my biggest thing. I'm not against a guy having that grit to his game that's always willing to defend the team. And, I love that, but yeah, you just and, you need to have a guy like like Simmons as you're quoting as it. I hated Simmons when he was in Philly because of his role. His role was perfect in the early 2010s. He would be planning in front on every single power play, and he would he was even at points leading the league in power play goals. He would always get the gritty goals in front. He also could snipe a shot here or there, get you upwards of 20 a season, mm-hmm. while also having absolutely no problem dropping the gloves and enjoy doing it. And when yeah. you have a guy like Wilson, there are aspects to Wilson's game that are appealing for opposing teams. But again, he's not. He's 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 reached a point now already in his career, which is still a young career, might I add, where it's inexcusable. You can't even like defend the stuff by any stretch of the imagination now, even if he puts up 15, 20 goals a season. It doesn't matter. He is a guy. He's an absolute schmuck. But it's guys like that. I agree. And another perfect example, too. I know everyone absolutely hates him, but I understand why he's so coveted for Boston is Brad Marchand. Brad Marchand is another perfect example. He can be be dirty at times. Do I think he's Wilson level? No. He literally makes – Wilson makes Brad Marchand look not that bad, and that's telling of a lot of things. But he's a guy that's also one of the best players – one of the better players in the league. Um, So, yes, it's about finding that balance. Yeah, and 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 say what you want about the Flyers in the early 2010s. They had uh, Scott Hartnell as well. Another one who I absolutely love to hate. And Scott Hartnell and Wayne Simmons, and I respected the hell out of those two. I, they had Dan Carcillo. I mean, Carbon, yeah. yep. And yeah. he's a huge advocate for the game now since then with, you know, mental health, everything, because he's really but, not doing well. Yeah, what the Rangers need to do here, they need to find that player that adds a little bit on both sides of the ice. And let's refer to it as a two-way player, because, you know, when we talk about two-way players, we talk about offense, defense. When I talk about a two-way player here, I want to have the physical aspect and the hockey aspect. It needs to be a hockey player first, physical player second. If the physical aspect is your main attribute, like Mason Geertsen, you're not going to help your team win games in the NHL. No. The reason the Tampa Bay Lightning won the Stanley Cup, one of the reasons they won the Stanley Cup last year, is 
because they added Blake Coleman, who brings a physical edge to his game, but also scored 20 goals in the regular season and was half a point per game in the playoffs. Exactly. That's the difference. And that's the type of guy you need. And if the Rangers can find that guy in free agency, or maybe they can they can find him in the draft somehow, or maybe they've already have maybe they already have drafted him. Maybe it's a maybe guy like Will Cooley. Maybe it's a guy like Will Cooley or Austin Rushev, who they signed as a undrafted free agent last season. Maybe maybe he's already in the organization. Who knows? Uh, Braden Schneider probably still a year away, but he could add something. We'll see. But this is something that needs to be addressed without it harming the team because you're never going to win a cup playing essentially with 11 forwards. You need 12 forwards that can score a goal. This is why Brandon Lemieux was traded away because he didn't add anything. Of course, when I brought this up on Twitter, that night he scored a goal. But I think that was <laughs> the season. Um, but you need guys like Blake Coleman and Pat Maroon and Matthew Kachuk. And years ago, when you had Milan Lucic and Wayne Simmons, those are the type of players you need. Dustin Brown, Ranger fans might not like him, but in his prime, Dustin Brown was exactly what we need right now. You could even say to a certain extent, and maybe not the best um, type of player, but definitely up there. And I know you're not a big fan of him, but Ryan Callahan was a guy that, in my mind, always had that grit to his game. And I know that maybe he didn't do it as often as what you're looking for, but he was just as hard-nosed and gave every single thing he had every single mm -hmm. shift. And I love that about Captain Cali. So you need another guy like that, just in a nutshell. Yeah. You need that guy that can perform and can be handled mm -hmm. in all situations. He was defensively responsible. You can put him on the power play. He'd be in your top six, a leader, mm -hmm. in and out. That's all, that's all you could want for a team, especially – which is going to be making playoff runs starting next season. I think we can all agree there. The Rangers need a Brendan Dubinsky. Yes, without, without unfortunately, the repercussions that come with being a Brendan uh, Dubinsky. Yeah, but, okay, so this is the trade-off, right? If you, if you draft or sign a player that plays like Brendan Dubinsky and I, Will Cooley can play like him, the trade-off is that you're not going to enjoy him much after he turns 30. No. And that's the trade-off you make. You know, Dan Boyle didn't play until he was 40 because he was a physical, rugged defenseman. You know, if Dan Girardi didn't, didn't play until he was 40, and with good reason. You know, those type of players have a shelf life. They also yep. have a purpose. You need to find the right balance. You need to find the right players. Don't trade for Cody McLeod or, I mean... Cody McLeod's probably one of the better trades or the better moves that Gordon made because we picked him up of wa off waivers from Nashville and then we traded him back to Nashville for a seventh round pick. He yeah, just turned that into a free draft pick. Other than that, Cody McLeod did nothing for this organization. No. And, and, and that's the case with everyone, basically from a um, from an enforcer standpoint. I know we got some Tanner Glass fans out there and Carbomb. Carbomb, I did enjoy when he was a Ranger, but it was short-lived. But again, it just it doesn't it doesn't do enough for me to nearly justify keeping that guy in the lineup for the majority of the season. And Michael Haley, forgot about him, two-time New York Ranger. There's another one. Michael Haley, whose parents couldn't spell the name Michael. Because it was Michael with EA. Yep. 
Uh, same with Michael Furland, by the way. It's weird that yeah. there are two players in the league that have the name Michael spelled differently. Um, no, but I mean, ideally, the Rangers tr make a trade with Calgary where they send Bushnevich and Hedl to Calgary for Kachuk and, I don't know, Lindholm. Yeah, that would never happen, but it's a good thought. It would probably never happen, but that would be the ideal trade. You know, you add a little bit more experience to your young team in Lindholm. Uh, you had a little bit more physicality with Kachuk, who also chips in with some goals. And added bonus, when you play the LA Kings, you already know Drew Doughty is going to be pissed off. Yeah, um, yeah that's a good point. <laughs> that's, a, that, that, that's a free bonus. Um, the Rangers need, just need to identify this player. You know, A couple of years ago, Jeff Gordon did a great job identifying the next big center in Mika Sabanajad. Yep. Perfect. We need that kind of trade for the next Matthew Kachuk or the next Wayne Simmons. If we can do that, we're good. Don't uh, They're probably going to play Amazing Geertsen tomorrow. I mean, whatever. I don't think that they are. I don't think that they are. Maybe, maybe. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. I don't care. There's only three games left. What are you going to do? But I'll say this, though. The NHL has basically set a price on this despicable behavior and – I guess there's a bounty out on Wilson. I'm pretty sure players will either go after him or go after his teammates. I mean, uh, maybe. I get. We'll find out. If we're talking from the Rangers side of things, uh, David Quinn. I'm talking about the Bruins who they're playing afterwards. <laughs> oh, okay. No, Boston's a different story. Boston's a completely different story. Uh, I'm. Yeah, no, no, you're right. Um, but I'm saying, though, just in general, from a Rangers standpoint, I have seen uh, just from tweets that popped up as we're recording, David Quinn has, a, has said, you know, basically, you know, we've had internal discussions as a team. Basically, we shouldn't expect to retaliate. And right, look, as much as it would be entertaining to see the Rangers somehow retaliate and just give it to Wilson and mess him up going into playoffs, two wrongs don't make a right at the end of the day, especially mm -hmm. in this scenario. And that is all the NHL needs to defend the Wilson situation further. Should there not be a scenario where it, if say it's still pending what they're going to do with Panarin, whatever it may be, if that is the case, and then you go into tomorrow night's game and there still isn't a decision, then you retaliate that very well can make the angel backtrack because they felt, Oh, you know, we can't, he got his money's worth. Okay. You know, now it's even like, unfortunately I do believe that's how the NHL would view that situation. I mean, what can I say? It's a, it's Department of Player Safety run by George fucking Peros. There's nothing else that needs to be said. What do you expect? Just just let you, I I have a sour taste in my mouth, Stephen. Let let's let's get on to something a little bit more positive, and that is um, a little upsetting too. Just knowing that this is going to be the last week of games upcoming for our New York Rangers. So, quite the season. It's kind of crazy. This one has felt quick and long all at the same time. And it's also bizarre too, because this isn't a normal NHL season. So when we get back in the thick of things next year, 82 games, boy, is that going to be entertaining? Cause I, I like, it just, we haven't been in that rhythm for a while now. So I, I'm looking forward to kind of, we get back to full normalcy for next year, but the Rangers, as we know, have three games upcoming, starting with Wednesday night's game, which should be a day after you probably watch this. Maybe it'll be the day of, or after all it depends on when you watch this guys, but we'll be against cap against the capitals again, as you know, then on Thursday, it'll be against the Boston Bruins in Boston. And then Saturday in Boston 
for a 3 p.m. game that day. So uh, my stance on this is I think the Rangers are going to win one of the games. I think they're going to go one and two. And I think that the Rangers are going to win at least one of the games in Boston, um, knowing that Boston is clinched in playoffs. Um, I know that they're probably focused on seeding right now, but um, something tells me the Rangers may get lucky in one of the Boston games. Um, what's your stance? How do you think that they'll do? Yeah, look, we're without Kreider and Lindgren uh, and Truba, and now Panarin is sitting out the remainder of the season. Um, I'd be surprised if we win one of those games. And that's um, fair, completely fair. You know, when you're when you're missing not just four players, oh, five, I keep forgetting about Howden. <laughs> when you're missing five players, four of which are guys that carry you through games. You know, you have Truba and Lindgren, top four defensemen, and then you have Panarin and Kreider. That's that, 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 that's gonna hurt, but we'll we'll see what happens. Maybe with Panarin out now, maybe Morgan Barron can move up a spot to the third line, and we call up someone from Hartford to fill in on the fourth line. Um, Give that's me gonna, Ty Ronnie, damn it! That's gonna be interesting for me to uh, to see how the Rangers are gonna handle this with the injuries. They should be able to call up more than four players because yeah, it can have emergency call ups in case yeah. of injuries. Because after the deadline, you can only call up four players. Mm -hmm. uh, but Ty Ronning or call up Austin Rishev or or Patrick Newell, it doesn't really matter. Uh, just Or Brodzinski, like I said, it doesn't matter. Call up someone, maybe another defenseman. See what you have with these kids. We've seen what Zach Jones can do. We've seen what Tarmori Yunanen can do. Morgan Barron got two games in. Use these final three games to see what you have. Like we've done in the past, you know, after the deadline, we had guys like Stephen Fogarty play a couple of games just to see what he can do and just to give him a game too. I mean, I think Ty Ronning has earned it this season. I, he would be my first call up from Hartford. If I, I agree. I, I'm, a, I'm a big Ty Ryan fan. Um, if you guys don't know, I have played ice hockey before once in my senior year of high school. I played spring league horrendous, but I had a lot of fun just playing myself in front of the net. Um, I rep number seven because Ronnie, I always have a personal attachment to uh, smaller statured players because I myself am very small. Matt Zuccarello is basically my favorite New York Ranger that isn't a goaltender. So there you go. Ronnie, ever since he really worked himself up within the Rangers organization, had his stellar final year in juniors. I believe he had, what, 60 goals his final year. He was just on fire. And that led me to worry number seven, repping Ronnie. So no. huge, huge hats off to Ronnie. I hope he gets, if he can get one game at least before the end of the season, That'd be great. That really would. But before we get out of here, Stephen, I just want to mention uh, what the point leaders look like for the Rangers as we wrap things up here for our episode. Uh, Breadman, once again, leading the team surprise, surprise, 58 points in 42 games. That'll be it for his season then. Just shy of 60. Awfully impressive, though. Mika's Manjad, 48 points in 53 games. What a story he has been after being so cold to start the year, his first 15, 20 games even, and he has just been on fire since then. Uh, Ryan Strom, 47 points in 53 games. Another Strom may very well hit 50 points in a 56-game season. By God, is that impressive. Um, Adam Fox, my Norris winner, should hopefully be the Norris winner. 47 points in 52 games on the season for the defenseman. And then Pavel Buchnevich, the fifth best player on the team in regards to points with 45 and 52. Buch having a phenomenal year on a great pace along with a lot of these other forwards. So um, that's really it, folks. Um, Steven, if you'd like to add anything else before we get out of here, you surely can. But, yeah, it was definitely a roller coaster. Of a, uh, of a past week, and I'm looking forward to – it's going to be bittersweet, but I will just say, though, also 
for everyone before uh, Steven shares his final thoughts. We will be having a lot of things change with Rangers Review on YouTube and in general with the podcast. So just keep an eye out. A lot of things will be changing in the coming weeks and as we get into the offseason. Yeah. Uh, one thing, um, and maybe not a lot of Ranger fans follow him out west, but um, Connor McDavid still has six games left this season. Oh, my God. I, McJesus. <laughs> so nine, good. Right, he's nine points away from 100. He's so good. He's so good. He's, if he, if he oh gets a point and a half per game for the remainder of the season, he hits 100 points in 56 games. I want the Oilers to win the Cup so bad. Oilers are my West team as well. Um, I'm, fo I'm fortunate that they have this guy, Karmic David Leandre, so they're pretty good. Man, though, he's – talk oh. about – if there was any guy to be a second coming to Wayne Gretzky of your franchise – Little one in the league, boy, did the Edmonton luck out with Game Connor. It, it yeah. could not have um, been better for them. Look, I'm not saying that Kako and Lafreniere are as good as McDavid and Dreisaitl. Let me let no. me clear that up first before I'm going to say what I'm going to say now. But when Kako and Lafreniere had that breakaway last night, it felt like this was our McDavid and Dreisaitl moment. Yep. No, it really did. It, it it had it it had it, its own taste to it. Seeing yeah. Lafreniere do a little bit of a drag, gain that beautiful pass through, then Kako doing his own little drag as well. It just that's the future. Uh, that is all the memes going in about future. It's time, baby. Like it's here. It's alive and well. Um, yeah. I, I'm just I'm pumped. I really am. I'm I'm a big optimist. I'm excited for next uh, season. I'm excited for what's going to happen this off season. Uh, maybe we'll see some sneaky moves, and we'll get into that as we get closer and closer to the draft. Then, of course, uh, the expansion draft we're going to be seeing. A lot's going on. But mm -hmm. in a nutshell, this has been uh, quite the season for the Rangers, and I'm looking forward to seeing how the young kids play for the final week of the season. Yeah. All right. Last thing I'll say is uh, let's go Rangers and good night to everyone except Tom Wilson. Yes. Let's go Rangers and good night to everyone except Tom Wilson. Fuck Tom Wilson. That's it. Let's go Rangers, baby. I'll talk to you guys soon. Have a good one.